All right, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and joining us back this week is Pastor Kevin Horath. Kevin, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Kevin, for having me back. I really appreciate it. Now, you were here last week, figuratively speaking. Now, again, it's a little inside baseball here, but it's actually been a couple of weeks since we've talked last. Right. Even though these two episodes are going to air back-to-back. Okay. But uh, it was just like time flew by between our last recording and this recording. Mm-hmm. But this recording, we're, you're in person. I'm right? here, live and in person. Yes. So this isn't over Zoom. Uh, we are here and not even socially distanced. No, we're so, close. Uh, but don't get too close. Not too close. All right. Uh, now, we had some good discussion. We just got back from dinner, and uh, we did find out that you're a heretic. Right. And so um, we would be careful a little bit what we, what we say here. Uh, but I wanted to talk, last, on our last episode, we talked about uh, we talked a little bit about your background, and you have been an assistant pastor for over 20 years. Right. And I thought, you know, that would make a good podcast just in and of itself. And so that's our topic today, what it's like being the assistant or associate pastor, however you want to term that, uh, because the term isn't found in Scripture. So again, another reason why you're a heretic um, <laughs> Is because that you're it's using unbiblical. scriptural terms. Yes, right. So you won't use Trinity, but you will use assistant pastor. So you do the math. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. But anyway, um, that Trinity is a whole different topic for a whole different uh, podcast. People will do that sometime. Um, then we'll really expose your heresy. There you go. And um, maybe we talk about maybe a public flogging or something. And uh, you we can you can buy tickets at our web. No. Um, <laughs> so let's talk again. Just remind our our, our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them out there, that uh, what, what your background is. So um, you are you are not anymore, any longer an assistant pastor, right? No, you are... Right, I'm lead pastor right, now. You're lead pastor at, now. At Hillside. Um, I became official lead pastor last October. Okay. My father founded our church in 1961 mm-hmm. and uh, was lead pastor for 60 years. Yeah. And wow. he decided it was time to... He's not retired. He doesn't like that term, but he decided to step back, and it was time for somebody else to step yeah. up. And so I was officially installed in October, but I still had my full-time secular job, yeah. and okay. I had to wrap that up, and I was able to do that. And then January of 2022, full-time, um, all guns blazing uh, yeah. ministry um, right out of the gate. So all guns blazing. That sounds violent. Yeah, it does. So. Uh, we'll talk about that. Another <laughs> That's another here, podcast. But let's go back to uh, when you first became an assistant pastor. So this was at your your dad's church. And right. Again, I know it's the Lord's church, but I'm going to use that phrase, and everyone's going to be okay with that. Right. And we're not going to pick that apart. Um, so talk to us about how that happened. Okay. Well, that happened in the mid-'90s. Um, I had known that God had called me young age, but I'd gone through um, a period of, I'm just going to call it what it was, it was rebellion. Sure. I was um, rebelling against God. It wasn't necessarily rebellion from a, uh, a secular standpoint where I went out and did all these nasty things. It was more of an internal rebellion sure. against God in my heart because of some conditions and some things that I had been going through. And um, it got to a point where um, God had to um, take me down a notch and really deal with me. He got my attention. And when he did, I decided, I said, okay, God, I, uh, if I get out of this alive, because it was literally a life or death situation, and I said, if I get out of this, I'm going to serve you. Hmm. And um, I said, I'm sorry for the years I've lost, but we'll, I'll start now and we'll do this. And I thought that one of the very first steps to do was to 
become officially affiliated with our ministerial association and begin to start learning the ministry. And I'd known it from being a PK. Yeah. You know, I'd seen the ins and outs, the good, bad, and the ugly. But I, I wanted to actually start getting into it. And so I uh, applied for what we call a local license with our ministerial association, which is like an apprenticeship, okay. I guess, for lack of a better word. And at that point in time, I, I led worship. Um, in my past, I was in choirs and, and that type of thing, and I love to sing. And I've got a little bit of a nasal thing now. You probably can't tell it, but um, I love to sing. And, and it was um, a way for me to kind of step out into leadership. Yeah. So I've, we had two associate pastors. A good friend of mine was youth pastor, and he was associate, and I was an associate doing the, the worship leading. Okay. So it kind of got me into being in a formal position under leadership. Uh, so recognizing that spiritual authority and structure, honoring that. Now, of course, it was my dad. So yeah. That has pluses and minuses. We could probably talk about that for years in therapy. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there was, it, it was beneficial to me, and I wouldn't change it for anything. And, and so uh, I was working full-time, had a family, but also then as an associate pastor. So as a PK, were you required by law to go through a phase of rebellion? Or <laughs> um, it, it, that's Probably like not that. by law, but <laughs> it happened. Probably, though, I mean, and I'm not tooting my own horn. As most PKs go, my rebellion was... Probably as uh, was mild compared to what sure. some people go through. I really, I mean, I didn't go off tangent and yeah. and do crazy things, but it was in the heart, which is where it really matters anyway. Right. right. right? God's concerned about our hearts, and my heart was not right. And He got got my attention, yeah. got me back on track, and started me into this apprenticeship right. uh, type of role. Right? Okay, so now now you find yourself, you're you're licensed, you're ordained, you're you're in the ministry now. Yes. But it's not full time, so. Talk to us a little bit about first. No, today about, is. Right, today is. You're yes. right. But back uh, back when you, you were assistant pastor, you weren't full-time. And I wasn't ordained. I was a licensed, a licensed, okay. licensed minister. We had levels of ordination or licensure, local, um, general, and then ordination. Okay. So I did not become actually ordained until I became the full-time pastor. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Why did you, if I had known that before, we wouldn't have had this podcast. <laughs> So, uh, no, anyway, uh, so you, you, but you're finding yourself in ministry and, you know, I'm convinced I've done bivocational ministry myself yeah. and I'm convinced there's no such thing as part-time ministry. You're always on the clock. Yeah. You're bivocational, but you're not part-time right. by any stretch of the imagination. So how do you balance that? Because you have to be, uh, faithful to the ministry. Yep. God's called you to that. Um, that's not, and, and if you're like me, it's, it's not just a, a calling, but it's a passion mm-hmm. that you want to do. Mm-hmm. But you've also have your family. Mm-hmm. But then you've got a job. It's a secular job, but you've still got to be there. Absolutely, and you can't give. They're paying 50%. me. They're, they're paying right. me to be there one hundred percent. They're paying you a salary. They're paying That's you benefits, right. and they don't want a part time. Nope. Uh, so how do you juggle all three of those uh, carefully um, it, and intentionally? Yeah. So, yeah, when I was at work, I had to make sure that I was giving my employer 100% of my time. Yeah. And that was important to me. As I was an HR, right, uh, right? HR professional, uh, vice president of HR. And so I even had more of an obligation, I felt like, right. because of that role. And I had to be careful that I didn't allow the pastoral side bleed over into the work side. Yeah. I had to make sure these lines were there, that I wasn't right. proselytizing and, and trying to... 
evangelize on, on the clock because right. that would have been a no-no. Yeah. So to balance that out, and then as you mentioned... And that's family, not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. No, no, it's not. Um, I think it's an honorable thing because my employer was paying me to do a right. job. If I was not doing that job, that's dishonoring that employer. Right. If I'm dishonoring that employer, I'm dishonoring God. Exactly. It's how I view it. Yeah. So I took that very seriously. But then to your other point is a family. But I threw something else in the mix that I didn't tell you that I was doing during that time. I was also going back to school. Mm. So I was in okay. school at nights and weekends and uh, ministry, family, and a full-time job. Yeah. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how you did it. But I did it. And here I am. But I, we did it. But you look back, you, when okay. something that's important to you and you make have these priorities and the calling of God yeah. in your life, you find a way to make it happen. So I'm curious, how, how, does, how do you survive spiritually in that? Because that... All of that is taxing upon you. Mm-hmm. I know school certainly is, and the job, yeah. and family, and, and ministry, yet you still have an obligation to, to feed yourself in the Word, mm-hmm. and your personal relationship with God still has to be there. There were times where <clears throat> I didn't, and that was a problem. Yeah. What I've learned since then, and this is something I do every day, and I don't know if we talked about this last time or not, I, I don't remember, but every morning, one of the first things I do when I get up is I read... The verse of the day. Yeah. I have the Bible app. The verse of the day pops up. Yeah. I just read that verse. I'll open my Bible and I'll go read it in context. And then I'll meditate on it. And then I'll just write a, a, a devotional based on that verse of the day for that yeah. day. And I've done that every day hmm. for the last oh, almost four years. And what I've discovered is that personal time for me is helpful for me. Yeah. Because what that does is give me a lens on how to view my day. Yeah. Um, instead of... Um, going through my day and then coming back and saying, well, what happened here and what happened here? When I start with God's word, it helps me, not with rose-colored glasses, but to actually kind of see things the way maybe God does and start looking for these things that I may have otherwise missed. But now, because I started with God's word, it's popping out and I'm seeing it. And that helped me personally, spiritually, because it's feeding myself. But I also discovered it helped me in ministry because I'm feeding myself. Now that's bleeding over into ministry. Yeah. It's bleeding over into my uh, blog that I write every day. It's bleeding over into the books that I write. Yeah. And so when I start with the, the, the principle of taking, it's like in the plane. When they tell you when the oxygen mask yeah. drop, what do they tell you to do? Put the mask on yourself right. first before right. helping others. I think that's true spiritually. We've got to make sure yeah. we've got our mask on. And then we can help others. The Bible college I went to, we had an expression about you, you preach from the overflow. In yeah. other words, as God is feeding you and, and your cup begins to overflow, um, that's what, that, what spills out is what you give to other people. Yeah. But if you've got nothing in there to begin with, you've got nothing to give people. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, so you're an assistant. You, so you, as an assistant pastor, I keep saying you're an assistant, but you're not. Not now. But I'm thinking historically, historically speaking. Historically, I was. Um, as an assistant pastor, uh, tell us just a little bit about what your responsibilities were because you're not... The lead pastor, um, but you're not just another member of the congregation. Right. So you've got responsibilities. Yeah. As I mentioned, originally I was worship leader, so I, I made sure of that and that I did that honorably and before God and, and the pastor because I was under the authority of the senior right. pastor, which again was my father, so made it maybe a little different dynamic than some. Yeah. But regardless, I just because I was behind the pulpit didn't mean that I had the power and controlled yeah. the the, uh, the service. I always made sure that I was um, checking with him, whether it was a, a look or a glance or a nod, 
to make sure that, hey, do we proceed this way? And there were times when we looked at each other and said, boy, we don't know what to do right now. Yeah. We just need to maybe wait a sec. Because I was very respectful that I did not want to take his time away from the pulpit. Right. Because to me, the proclamation of the word is the most important right. thing. Right. Our worship's important. Don't get me wrong. We've got to have that. Our fellowship's yeah. important. Our giving and our offering, all important. But nothing replaces the preaching of the right. word. And so I never, Absolutely. ever wanted to rob that yeah. and take from that. And so I was very sensitive to So you're not that. as heretical as I thought. No, not at all. So, Because um, I'm saying amen to this. Oh, okay, so good. This, this, is, this is good stuff. That's why you're here. Yeah. Not only here on the podcast. And we're saying that in jest. We're, yes. we're having No, yeah. I, I don't actually believe he's a heretic. I'll talk to you about that next week. Um, but anyway, so um, you're, you're under another man's authority. Yep. And so I, I know that there are some listening in our Reformed crowds who are thinking, oh, no, that, that's terrible. Um, you are only to be under the authority of God as pastors. Uh, everybody's on an equal plane. Mm. And, I, and I just don't see that working out practically. And I, and I don't necessarily see that in... in, in or scripturally. Polity. Yeah. yeah, because the Bible tells us that we are to subject ourselves to those in authority. Right. Spiritually, even governmentally. Yeah. The powers that be are ordained of God. If we are not submitting to their authority, that's sedition. Right. That's a work of the flesh. Yeah. That is sin. So we have to come under that authority. Now, when do we not come under that authority? When that person or that body is deliberately and willfully disobeying the word of God. Right. Then we have permission to obey God rather than man. Right. Any other time, as I see it in Scripture, I am to obey those who are in authority over me. Yeah. And so if my, my leader told me, Kevin, you have 15 minutes, I took 15 minutes. Yeah. I took that very seriously because I wanted to come under that authority. If they told me to speak on a certain topic or go the certain direction, I made sure I did that. I didn't fall back, well, God led me to go this way instead. No, my direction was to go this way. The best illustration that I have of this in Scripture is, um, and I cover it in my book, The Elisha Factor, is Elisha and Elijah. Elisha was kind of like the assistant pastor. Elijah called him. He was plowing a field. He wasn't looking to be in ministry. And Elijah, Elijah called him, and he goes, and he spends what I think... Um, historically, I think it was seven to nine years, I think, yep. is, is about what it was. And nowhere in that time frame did Elisha try to elevate himself, push Elijah yep. out of the way, do his own ministry. In fact, when Elijah was taken, what I call his last victory lap before he's taken up into heaven, Elijah told Elisha, hey, look, you, you stay back here, and I'm going to go do this thing. And Elisha said, no, as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. Yep. And he was there with him. All the way to the end. In fact, when it was time for Elijah to be taken up, the Bible tells us that a chariot of fire had to come between them. Right. It took an act of God to separate them. Yeah. Think about that. How easily are we separated these days in ministry? We have to see people who are clawing and grasping and yeah. trying to, to get that next rung on the spiritual ladder because it's their, that's my calling. This is what God called me. I'm yeah. not going to clean toilets because God's called me to, to preach. Right. You know, and we, we grasp and claw and push and do and connive to get to that next level. Yeah. When if we would be like Elisha and be faithful in what God's called us to do in this moment and this assignment, the future things will come. It came for Elisha. And that's why I want to talk to you specifically about this. Because you, you served as an assistant for over 20 years. 25 years. And, and yeah. that's 
unusual because a lot of people see that role as stepping stone. Exactly. I'm, this is going to prepare me for what's coming next. So mm -hmm. I'm going to use this to learn the ropes and to figure out a things, glean something from the senior pastor. Mm -hmm. But my goal is not to stay here. I'm not going to be content here. I'm going over there. I've got my eye over the horizon. Um, and that's not where you were at. No. And it's because of what I saw with Elisha and Elijah. Yeah. I believe God called me for a current assignment. Right. The question is, do we understand the assignment? Yeah. Do we get it? Do we know what our assignment is? Or are we trying to live in the moment two, three, ten years down yeah. the road instead of living right here, right now? Right. And if we don't live right here, right now, we're going to miss something. Yeah, I, 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 that's exactly... Um, had Elisha not stayed with Elijah, he would have missed the double portion blessing. Right. He right. could have gone off and had his own ministry, probably done a great thing. Yeah. But had he not stayed, he would have missed the double portion, yeah. which was the right of inheritance. Right. He would have missed that. And so what are we missing when we try to take these things into our own hands and manipulate and scheme and try to make this a career yeah. uh, and, and, and try to push ahead of, above everybody else? Uh, it destroys relationships. Yeah. I've seen that happen. I've seen people use it as... And if God's called us to a certain time, it doesn't mean somebody has to die or right. step aside before we move to that next level. But I do believe it has to be the call of God. It has to be yeah. the action of God to literally separate us. Otherwise, right. we're joined together. Yeah, if, if I'm always looking for something else... That next big thing. I am not doing the ministry here that I should not be Not in the doing. moment. I'm not ministering to the people that God has placed before me. And the task God's put before me, mm -hmm. if I'm always thinking of, okay, I wonder how this is going to help me with the next... No, no. You've been called here. Yeah. People need you here and now. You know, that person in the pew who's struggling in their marriage or doesn't know where the next paycheck is coming from they or need you now. struggles with their faith, mm -hmm. they're not looking for you to leave. Right. They're not thinking, okay, I'm, I'm here to help you, to help other people in the future, but... That doesn't that that doesn't seem how the New Testament church operates. Right, right. So uh, yeah, and I was just thinking, uh, you know, First Timothy five, um, and by the way, of the two of us, I'm the only one with a Bible here. Just throwing that out there. Um, set me again, up, man. You set one, me up. One's a heretic, and the other's me. So uh, the elders who direct the affairs of the church, First Timothy five seventeen, uh, well, are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. So to me, that tells me that there's not just... Uh, I think Scripture is clear that I think there should be multiple elders. Yeah. But here, there, there's distinction within the elders. Yeah. There's one who does preaching and teaching, or, or at least some who do preaching mm -hmm. and teaching, and to me that says that there are others who are not. Yeah. So well, look even back in the book of Acts, right? Yeah. The, the early disciples were preaching, but they, had, they got caught up in administration right. stuff. And they said, look, we've got to get seven... Men full of the Holy Spirit yep. to wait tables. What? Full of the Holy Spirit to wait tables? Yeah. Well, that's because they needed the the disciples and the apostles to right. preach. But Stephen was one of those. Yep. He waited tables. But what else did Stephen do? He yep. preached. Right. And he was the first martyr. Yeah. So um, I don't know why we get this idea in our head. Well, I'm the pastor. I just going to preach and and I get all the the accolades when we all have a role to play yeah. and it's all supporting the well, ministry. And, and that's where I think, you know, you, you nailed it before you're talking about the centrality of preaching within the, the mm -hmm. worship service. Well, what you're able to do frees somebody else to focus on that. That's right. And so it's not that anyone's above waiting on tables, but sometimes you can't do both. Yep. And so what you're, and again, no pastor, no one person 
is an expert in every field. No one person can do everything that needs to be done. So as you, and this is where, um, going back to Scripture, because again, I'm the only one with the Scripture here. Um, <laughs> Ephesians 4 tells us that there are gifts to the church. Equipping the saints. And that's exactly it. So mm-hmm. these, these pastors, these teachers, and all these people here are to equip the saint for the work, work of, of the ministry. ministry. In other words, it's not the one person mm-hmm. doing everything. Nope. Um, years ago, we had a, a service here at Pastor That's the trap service. we fall into, though, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and so when you do it, you're not good at anything. Yeah. Um, we had a we had a pastor appreciation service here, and I uh, grabbed my pastor at the time, and I put all these boxes on top of them. I said, you know, visitation, hospital visits, um, plunging toilets, whatever, all these boxes mm-hmm. upon them. And I said, you know, eventually he's going to fall over. So he needs someone like me to walk over. I'm going to take this box away from you. Maybe it's someone over there. You take mm-hmm. this box away from him. And he told me after, it's like, I could, I could feel that burden, as doctors were taken out, I could feel that burden being lifted. And that's, that's kind of where we're at here. Yeah. Where, um, Equipping the saints for the work of the exactly. ministry. Um, I, and I've, I've felt that even in the first couple of months being lead pastor. Yeah. I've, in certain weeks, I found myself being a plumber, a math tutor, yeah. um, a counselor, a preacher, um, all these things. And I remember telling the congregation when I first accepted, I said, look, I'm going to do everything I can to make this successful, make this work, and this ministry going to work. I'm going to do everything I can, but I can't do everything. Right. We've got all of us to work together using our gifts to uh, edify and build up the church. That's yeah. what we all have to do. And so it's, it's a group effort. It's not and just so, a pastor. And you're not doing those things reluctantly. Oh, no. Um, but... It'd be great if someone can come alongside you. It would help. Uh, just like, you know, going back to the Old Testament, going, you know, uh, whether it's uh, the people holding up Moses' hands. Aaron and her. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Joshua. Right. Um, you know, even while Moses was the leader, Joshua was out there in the battle in the midst mm-hmm. of it. Um, and both of those people were necessary. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I, agree, I believe this is a, a scriptural office, though it's not necessarily found in Scripture um, by title, right? Certainly, the role I think is there. Yeah. So, um, so you did that for for twenty five over twenty five years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're just going to go along with that. I'm not a liar. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then then you stepped into the senior pastorate, and so what what is that? And again, you're relatively new there, right. Back in October. So, describe for us that transition. How has that been? Um, um, it's been you? phenomenal. It's been amazing. Um, it's been exactly what I wanted it and thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's the way it is when you step out and do what God's called you to do. Yeah. doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean there haven't been problems and situations. But even when you are in trouble, when you are walking in the will of God, it's still the safest place to be. Right. And so we're in the safest place right now because I yeah. believe this is where God has called us for this time. And uh, we're seeing excitement in our local church. We're yeah. seeing some young people getting involved. You know, our 60 years... Like any organization, any church is going to be a, a life cycle, ebb right. and flow, right. up and down. And last few years, and COVID didn't help. It's yeah. been in a, a, a oh, down, yeah. right? Um, but I am excited about the life we're seeing come back. And yeah. it's not because of me. It's not because of Kathy, my wife. It's not because of any one person. It's us coming together, being obedient to what God's called us to do, and each of us do our part. 
and equipping the saints for right. the work of the ministry. We are called, the whole, of course, the Great Commission, going to all the yeah. world. But for our local congregation, that starts right at home, yeah. right outside the doors of our church. Right. That's where the mission field begins. Actually, maybe even in the church you know, as people come in. So There's a the church in town here, uh, Roxbury, where Rachel goes to. And uh, I've been in that church a couple of times, and I love leaving the church. First off, because it's a heretical church, because Ray goes there. But above the door... <laughs> Leave to serve? It, it, no, it says, this oh. is your mission field. Ah. And so, uh, yeah, I love that that concept. Yeah. And I should have mentioned before, um, you mentioned your, your wife, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are recording in front of a live studio audience. That's right. And I'm thankful that she has uh, composed herself. She hasn't thrown anything gone, at me yet. Uh, too wild. Um, no, no vocal disagreements, but I haven't been looking back there. So, uh, if anything... Do you disagree with anything that's been said so far? Okay, no. Uh, but she's giving you a look. Yes, well. Um, but that's, that's what wives do. Yeah. So, uh, and I'd probably give them that look if I knew you better. So, um, anyway, all right, so we're going we're gonna to wrap this up here, bring this to a close. Uh, we do end our, our podcast with recommended resources. So, tell us about The Elijah Factor. <clears throat> Elijah Factor is the first book that I wrote um, several years ago. It, it's about the life and ministry of Elisha. And um, I really focus on what the double portion blessing means. In our uh, circle, sometimes people misunderstand. They think it's something extra that you get from God, like uh, bumper sticker theology or memes, like I get a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. They laugh and think that's real cute. And, and it's clever, right? But is it biblical? I'm not so yeah. sure. Um, once we have the Spirit of God, we have the Spirit of God. Right. Um, and so the double portion is really the right of inheritance. Yeah. And so Elisha was designated as the rightful heir of the ministry of Elijah. And he then stepped out in that anointing. And in fact, he did do, at least as recorded, twice as many miracles are recorded. That doesn't mean that's what the double portion means, but we've drawn those conclusions. It just means he was the rightful heir. And so I wanted to study that. I wanted to see how transitions are to be done because I've seen it done incorrectly so many times. And I wanted to do it in a biblical way. And so I wanted to see what example could I find. And Elisha was the best example I could find. So I did a sermon series and wrote a book about it. All right, and I also want to recommend the book. Uh, also, all, all of your books are recommendable, uh, the Factor series, and we'll have those on in our show notes, and we talked about those last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to re- recommend the book, Writing in the Second Chariot, A Guide for Associate Ministers, by my friend uh, Ed Copeland. And I say friend, I don't know if he's willing to call me that, but I'm going to call him that because it's my podcast. I'll do what I want. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Pastor Ed Copeland down in, in Rockford, Illinois. Um, good guy. Love for him to come on the podcast if you're listening. But I know you're not. But anyway, um, that's an excellent book. And my book came free and autographed, which, as I told you before, are the best books that come free and, and autographed. Autographed by the author, oh. to be specific. That's oh. um, usually what I prefer. But anyway... So, Kevin, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for and, having uh, me. I, I hope you'll come back on the podcast sometime. would love to. And uh, there's a whole host of things I'm sure we could talk oh, about. Oh, I bet there are. We've already uh, done it over dinner, so yes. we can uh, make it know, it's been, just been yeah. good, and we're, you're going to come back here tomorrow. In fact, maybe we'll air your chapel message tomorrow Okay. Uh, on the podcast. Um, I shouldn't have said that now, because if it's really bad, then I'll just edit, edit this out. That, edit it out. Yeah, so this won't be airing this week anyway. There you go. But anyway, all right, so thank you guys for listening. Again, check us out at www.basicbiblepodcast.org where you can see the links to all the uh, things we're talking about and uh, previous shows. 
Also, um, you can find a link to our social media. So find us on Facebook, find our Facebook group, join the conversation there. Um, and then you'll also be able to read Ray's ramblings. Ray's uh, going through the first Corinthians right now, probably still in that series if we're talking. And uh, on Twitter and Facebook, excuse me, Twitter and Instagram, at Basic Bible Cast. So until next week, have a good rest of your week.